Hi everyone, my name's Anmesh. And my name's Himakar. And we're your hosts for On Call, the podcast where we talk to students around the country about their medical schools. Today we're speaking to a student from Western Michigan, Homer Stryker, MD, School of Medicine, also known as WMed. The mission of WMed is to advance the health of humanity through excellence in medical education, clinical care, research, and service. These pursuits are interdependent and together assure optimal care for today and hope for tomorrow. On today's show, we're pleased to have Harrison Seltzer, who is an MS3 from Western Michigan, Homer Stryker, MD, School of Medicine. How's it going, Harrison? Welcome to the show. It's not too bad. Thanks for having me. How's uh, Western Michigan looking like? Right now, it's the summer, so I mean, it's pretty nice out. Uh, we just started our rotations on third year, and it's been pretty it's been pretty nice so far. Can't complain. <laughs> yeah, you're on psych right now. Uh, you said it's like pretty chill so far, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the psych rotation, they place you in a few different. Um, and it's sort of, I think with any rotation, it's variable in terms of the quality. Um, but, you know, luck of the draw, you'll get some interesting patients. You'll learn a lot. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> did you uh, did you already take step, by the way, or is that something you're postponing until next year? We took step already. Yeah. So okay. in the middle of the whole COVID thing, they changed our schedule around. We were originally supposed to take it this year in December. Oh, no way. You guys take it like yeah. midway. Oh, interesting. So, so we were, there was some data or something that they told us um, in our interview that they were seeing higher average step scores after doing a few rotations. Hmm. Um, so to sort of bump the school's average up a little bit, we would take it after four rotations of third year and take basically six weeks off to study for step one and then come back to do rotations five and six before fourth year starts. So did like upperclassmen think that was like helping helping them out or like what was their opinion on it? I think the the general consensus is that it was very helpful to see sort of how patients are managed because you could sort of correlate, you know, it's one thing to correlate a random fact from a book. It's another thing to say, oh, you know, I have a patient with bipolar disorder and we're using this mm-hmm. drug to treat them in this encounter. Oh, that's also the first line treatment. So I remember that whole, you know, it helps integrate everything. So that's, I think, why they did it. Did they did they make them do like certain rotations? Like, did you have to do like internal medicine and then like family medicine or something? Or was it just kind of like you do like four random four random rotations, and then you take it? So we have sort of six rotations, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the same for every school. And this is just the structure of third year. This doesn't have anything to do with first and second. Um, for the first four prior to step, and again, this could all change for the, you know, the whole pass-fail thing. I think it already is sort of in the wheels to change, but I don't have any of that info. But for us, uh, we would have to take either internal medicine or surgery or both before taking step one because those are considered really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, the other sort of placement is just random between peds, psych, um, family medicine, and OBGYN. Mm, got it, got it. In fourth year, we also do an emergency medicine rotation. Wow, that's a that's actually a really unique thing. I've never heard of like having the, like it's two and two, but also kind of not two and two. Like, like yes and yeah, no. I like, mean, I would I would consider step. it more two and two. Yeah, um, yeah. But personally, I'm very happy to have step done. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. It's probably a huge weight off your shoulders. Just, yeah. Like, I mean, I can't. I, I remember being in your guys' shoes. Are you guys taking it before or after the pass fail deadline? It'll be right. I think we might be the last year, depending on when they actually implement it. But we would officially right. be the last year. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Good luck, guys. It's not a, it's not a fun experience, but you learn a lot just in the prep for it. Yeah. yeah definitely. I, I just heard recently that recently that uh, for some schools, like for some schools, when we apply to residency, they're not even going to consider our scores for step one, just because like they're going to be starting to transition into pass fill. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Obviously, you want to do as well as you yeah. can. Um, There's a bunch of theories floating around our school now right. as to how they're going to handle it. Um, my guess is that the NBME or you know whichever whichever power that be for the uh, residency process is going to have to take a stand and uniformly say either every score from this cycle is going to be pass fail mm -hmm. or we need to extend it to like a June or July deadline so that every score is going to be numbered because um, I don't know how you would possibly have programs compare a pass fail step one score to a numbered score. Right. There's yeah. way too many variables in that. Yeah, that's uh. hard. Well, and then with people taking like an extra year for an extra degree or like PhD or right, you know, that money uses everything. More. Yeah, that's a that's a concern for later. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't affect us yeah. at least. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's wow. That's great to uh, to see that you're getting like clinical experience. Um, I mean, kind of before step theoretically. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, awesome. we, there's some. Um, I mean, we can. I know there's questions later. Yeah. In the, yeah. Uh, We'll, you about that, yeah. but there, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll cycle back. Um, so yeah, rewinding. <laughs> Do you want right. to give us a little <laughs> bit of an intro? Um, just like, yeah, you mentioned your year, but uh, your hometown, your undergrad, um, stuff like that. Sure. I mean, I'll just go the, the whole spiel. Yeah. So, I mean, here, my name is Harrison Seltzer. Um, I am an MS3 in the class of 2022 at uh, WMED. I was born in a town called West Bloomfield. For most people who don't know where that is, that is about an hour outside of Ann Arbor, which is where U of M is, University of Michigan. Um, I went to University of Michigan for undergrad, and I was blessed enough to go straight through to medical school. Um, right now, my specialty of interest is uh, orthopedics, but I'm really interested in sort of other surgical specialties and procedural stuff um, and keeping a really open mind in third year to see some of the more clinical uh, specialties to see how those kind of go. Um, but yeah, I, I would say orthopedics is kind of like up, you know, at the top for me, but it's not really going anywhere. So if anything sort of surpasses that, uh, I'd be interested in going to something else. Yeah. And huge shout out to Anna for uh, connecting yeah. us. I mean, <laughs> good friend. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm guessing that's where you met Anna at uh, University of Michigan, right? We actually knew each other from high school. Oh, oh no really? way. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, but we, we sort of met up again at U of M, okay. um, like two or three years. She was She's a year older than me, okay. Um, okay. at least from high school. I know she took yeah. a couple of years off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we kind of reconnected back in Ann Arbor. And then she, uh, when she interviewed at WMED, okay. we got dinner and stuff. And then, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So, uh, but yeah, it's great. Like everyone from Michigan just kind of knows each other yeah. in a certain way. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you were saying that you went straight through. How was uh, applying to specifically for WMed? How was the application, the secondary stuff like that? So I mean, the primary is the same everywhere. So I won't go into the details of that because it's just you know AMCAS, right? I think that's the yeah. abbreviation. <laughs> um, the secondary is a little unique at WMed. So there is a secondary application, and then between the secondary and the interview is a phone interview. So they do like this extra step where they'll call you. It's like a 15 minute sort of scenario based uh, call. And that's sort of information that they don't really talk about. And I'm sure it changes year to year. 
but it was sort of like, you know, five minutes of intro on who you are and then around 10 minutes of answering, you know, sometimes it's ethical, sometimes it's stuff about your background. It's kind of all over the place. Um, then from there, they kind of invite you to the interview if you get selected. Um, but the secondary, so that's what you guys are asking about. I don't remember it being too bad. I would have to, honestly, I would have to look back up what the questions were. Um, but it wasn't anything that I thought was asked that wasn't asked in a different application. So uh, my tip for the pre-meds writing a bunch of secondaries is you're going to get asked like a certain sort of scope of questions, make a template, leave some space to talk specifically about the school, and then just make sure that you don't have any names of other schools in that template. Um, that's the, that's the test. <laughs> yeah, literally every time it was just like double, triple checking my essays, like make sure I put the right school name there. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. I'm going to write the same sort of information a lot. Yeah. Um, but the important part is to sort of get them in. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I would try to like highlight the school name always in like red yeah. or like yellow. So I'd make sure that the school name, oh, that's cool. a good I, whenever I mentioned a name at all, like name drop something, I would always make sure that it corresponded to the, the right school. Or right. That's just a huge, like, that's a you're huge red. You're, off. you're gonna be done. Off that huge flag, right? Yeah. Especially if you're applying like University of Michigan, Michigan State, you, know, uh, you don't want to mix those up. Oh yeah. But, oh, <laughs> that's probably happened before so many times. Oh, that's so tough. Absolutely. Like Anna's telling me all of her friends at these schools and I'm like, there's like, yeah, W Med, there's University of Michigan, then there's like Mich East, like Northeast or whatever. Like there's yeah. so many different, just Michigan in the name. It's like so confusing for me. Oh, it'd be easy to make Not even out. applying. I'm like, and then in terms of interview, so so you're saying that the phone call happens after the secondary or? Right, so sometime between secondary and interview, okay. not necessarily meaning that you get the phone and then you automatically yeah. get the interview, yeah. like another selection. I think it's just another way that they select people to come in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a buddy who applied here. Uh, we applied at the same time. We were roommates in college. He did get into med school. We didn't get into the same med school. Um, but he applied. We both got our phone call. Like he actually got his phone call, I think a week earlier than I did. And then didn't hear anything from them until after I'd actually gotten in. So it's, it can, it's just depends, you know, who hears it. Yeah. Um, and it depends on the sort of impression that you make. But he ended up getting an interview here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, the people here are really nice. It's not intimidating. Yeah. It's just sort of luck of the draw. All the medical schools, it's competitive. It's how yeah. it is. Yep. Um, okay, so then after the phone call, you have the interview. And uh, how was the interview day for you? Was there anything that threw you off? Uh, was it pretty standard? So I'm going to sound a little biased, but for me, it was one of my best uh, just sort of the way that it was organized. I thought it was one of the more well-organized interview experiences uh, that I'd had on the interview trail. And I had a, I had a couple different ones too. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you show up around eight or nine in the morning, you get a good sort of tour of the school and intro, you meet some faculty. Um, so the mornings all just sort of meet and greet. It's your opportunity to talk to other people that are interviewing with you as well as um, some of the admissions staff. Um, shout out to Jean Shelton. She's probably the contact if you ever needed to, if anybody's listening to this and needs to talk to somebody about questions of the admissions process, she's the person. Um, and she's on her website too, as the admissions dean. Uh, but she like specifically told me to do that <laughs> shout out for this. So here we are. So you do the meet and greet. Um, then the afternoon, you meet some medical students because usually in the mornings, the medical students have lectures. Mm -hmm. Um, the medical students sort of will sit with this, with the interviewees for lunch. They'll do a tour of the school of some of the more student friendly locations and like 
not the actual anatomy lab, but our sort of lab lab space because we have some agreement where we can't take people who aren't at the school to see cadavers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that that lasts about an hour, and then the the remaining like three or four hours of the day are just the interview. So it is a one on one interview as well as a sort of you know multiple mini interview format, but it's a little different because you only have two sessions and they're a little longer than the MMIs that are at other schools. Gotcha. But those are more sort of acute, you know, you don't really know the person standing behind you or behind you, in front of you. They don't know you. They have a set question to ask. And it's just, how do you answer that question? I'm really glad there is some time to talk to other medical students at the interview. Yeah. Um, just kind of like casually, because like really getting to understand the type of people are, that are at the school, like that's the only way you can get that in kind of like a more informal setting where you can really just ask them like honest questions about how the school is. Um, so it's great yeah. that, they, that you have that opportunity at a WMED. One of the most important things that I think is important to remember is that these school interviews are as much of an experience for you as the interviewee to see if the school's right for you as it is for the school to see if they're, if you're right for them. Um, and sort of having that attitude, asking questions and even asking those questions to the admissions group would make a good impression because it makes it sound like you're thinking about their program and you're sort of trying to weigh your options. Um, you know, I think there's a way to sort of gloss over that, that makes you sound like a more, you know, interested applicant, obviously. Um, but I think that's an important part of the process. It's just realizing that this is also an experience for you and not just for them. Yeah. Cause I think that's, I think it's something I tell people too. Cause it's like, I th it's like, you don't want to just like go to some place where you're just like not really thinking about it. And then you end up miserable there. Right. You have to be actively thinking like, you know, what are the things that can I really see myself fitting into the school? And like, you have to ask yourself, like, what are the things here, which are going to actually be good for me? Um, and you have, you kind of have some leverage in that aspect too. Like as much as you're obviously trying to convince them that you, that you want to go to their school, like they have to do a good job convincing you to, you know, tell you to come there essentially. Right. So, yeah. Right. Uh, Speaking of really? that, <laughs> what what made you want to go to WMed? Interestingly, it was the small class size and the uh, how new the school is. So we're actually only about six or seven years old at this point. I can't remember which one. Um, but we started, like when I got here, we had only matched one class. So okay. that's, you know, if you're somebody who wants to go into a more competitive specialty or like big on research or all that, that can be really intimidating. What the sense that I got from the school on interview day when I talked to different students and sort of different faculty is that the opportunities to sort of stand out, they're here. You just have to go after them a little bit more um, in the sense that, you know, you're at a journal club. Somebody's like, oh, somebody should do a study on that. You can be that student who pursues that further. Right. Um, and what's nice about being a new school is because there's not a ton of establishment um, of like research or programs, like basically anything that you want to do at your med school here, you can find the resources to do. It might not be established, but they definitely have people who can help you establish something. Um, that was sort of a uniform sentiment that I got from the interview day. And after talking to more and more students, sort of figuring out which school I wanted to go to, um, I was hearing sort of more experiences that were like that. And I can say from being a medical student here, that has been 100% true. Um, starting groups, starting research projects, stuff like that. I have never felt like we're limited in that capacity. Yeah, and, and I think you're going uh, a little bit into like 
you know, you you were liking the class size. Like, how many people are in your class actually? We have eighty six. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, whoa. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the actual number year to year is eighty four, but then it's plus and minus for people who take a year off or drop or something. You know, personal stuff happens. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so, so, like, what do you what do you think of the pros and cons of that? I think the cons are obviously not having, and this is also a kind of being a new school. You don't have a massive alumni network. Um, and the connections sort of outside of Kalamazoo become limited because less people filter into the school. Um, that's not to say there's no diversity or anything like that, but just with 86, you're going to have less variety of individuals than you are with 300 or even like the 250 that you find at Wayne or U of M back in the Detroit area. Um, but the, I mean, a pro of that is just you get to know everybody a lot more, you know, as friends and as, you know, people that you can work with. I think at larger schools, it's more difficult to really, you know, at least know somebody's personality. Um, I don't, I, I haven't spoken with a lot of my friends who went to the larger medical schools lately, but I remember when they started out, that was sort of an issue for them. Mm. So that was not an issue that we had <laughs> starting at WMED. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that we have here too, which is like really nice. We get to know the upperclassmen and the underclassmen really well. Cause it's just like the small school size, which is, um, right. I think that's, it's like one of the benefits too. You feel like this more close knit community, which is nearly nice. It's, it's incredibly collaborative. Um, it really is. It's much more collaborative than I would have expected a medical school to be. You know, you hear all this stuff about gunners yeah. and, you know, people who are ripping pages out of textbooks and stuff. And <laughs> that really just doesn't happen here. Um, we're all sharing notes. We're all sharing flashcards. Yeah. Speaking of um, collaboration and stuff like that um, in grades and whatnot, <laughs> uh, could, yeah. you, could you go a little bit more into the structure of the school in terms of like, um, is it two and two? And like, what's the, what's the grading like? Is it pass no pass? Yeah. So right now, I'm saying right now because it's all we're, we're in a scored step one world and the face of medical education is going to change um, after it becomes pass fail. Exactly how it's going to change. No idea. Um, but this is likely the first cycle that those changes are going to be starting to put be put in motion um, even here. So I can speak to my experience. Um, and I think that's going to reflect the sort of direction that they move towards as you know, the, the climate of medical education starts to morph around this change in the step. So for me, it is a two and two curriculum where you do two years of preclinical, two years of clinical. Um, even when we were going to take step one in the middle of our third year, that was still a clinical year. Um, the first two years are totally pass fail. So you'll do system by system, you know, you do a biochem, you'll do a genetics, then you'll start into immunology, you know, hematology, renal systems like that. Um, there's no, at least until the end, there's no like integrated uh, curriculum where you do physiology than pathology, like classic, um, classical curriculums are. And third year, it's on the honors, high pass, pass, fail uh, metric for each rotation. And there are several components of those grades. Um, the nuances I don't necessarily have nailed out myself right now because in this COVID, you know, environment, we're actually pass fail in the first rotation with our shelf scores um, having a lot of weight in how we're evaluated. Um, but on a normal rotation, it's graded as sort of your clinical component, your OSCE, which is sort of a clinical exam, um, and then the shelf, which is a more formal multiple choice test. Um, sometimes schools will have these as in-house exams. We take them as part of a national standardized sort of group of tests called the shelf. Um, you have to, like to honors the rotation, you would have to honors each individual portion. 
So you're basically only as good as your worst component of your rotation. So if you honors the OSCE and the shelf, but then you just pass the clinical portion because you're not showing up to clinic on time and you're not writing your notes right, yeah. uh, or you're like not learning or being generally a nuisance, um, <sighs> then you just pass. You just pass. The no rotation. honors for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you have to really um, be excelling, you know, in all the fronts that you can to do well um, in third year. But the first two years are just pass fail. So got it. And um, a little bit more about like the first two years, like, I guess, like, what does a typical week look like for you? And like, you know, how much, how much, how often are you tested or like, you know, how often do you have, do you have to go to mm -hmm. class? So class is mandatory sometimes. Okay. So what I mean by that, it's all recorded, mm -hmm. no matter what, um, assuming the systems are working, sometimes they have technical difficulties and then the lecture is just gone and you can't watch it at home, uh, <laughs> which is sad. But usually they're recorded and we have a whole state of the art sort of software to do screen cap and PowerPoint and they have cameras and lecture hall and everything. And it's all set up to look nice. In the first two years, there are lectures Monday through Thursday, I believe. Sometimes we have Thursdays off and I can't quite remember at this point if, if we still did. Um, but those are in the mornings, usually eight to noon um, on like a full course. So yeah, there would be eight to noon, sometimes less. Afternoons are filled up with extra stuff like clinical skills, anatomy labs, um, really anything that isn't a course that you have to do in the first two years is in the afternoons. And it's not necessarily every afternoon. So you're not going eight to five every day. It might be, you know, Tuesdays, this one group is gonna have, you know, their lab and this other group is gonna have, you know, some time in the hospital or whatever. Um, but usually you'll have two out of those four days, you know, off, sometimes just one, but that's just how it is. It, it depends on what the schedule looks like. And then Fridays, uh, the morning you'll have a quiz. It's like a 10 question quiz that doesn't really play into your grade that much, but it can push you from, you know, the border of a quartile into the, to a different quartile. Also, we're not ranked. So you'll, you'll see where you place on your exams, which I'll get to in a second but your quartile placement doesn't really change that much of how you look in the first two years. Mm. Um, so, you know, we're pretty collaborative about that. So anyway, Friday mornings come, you have your 10 question quiz, and then you have a TBL. TBL is team-based learning. It's sort of, you get together with a group of six, which are assigned to you for like three or four months, and you run through a case with faculty at the head and some doctors that are there. And you're basically just working up a patient, you know, you got somebody at the front, they're saying what questions you want to ask them, what drugs do you want to use, what's the diagnosis, what's the next test, stuff like that. And it's sort of a flipped classroom sort of deal there. Cool. And uh, in terms of clinical experience, I know you're talking about um, some some evenings, like on Tuesdays, maybe one group would be anatomy or and one group would go into the hospital. So in terms of like the main clinical experience or main clinical exposure prior to actually being in the hospital third and fourth year, like what are the sort of things you get to do? Right. So in the first two years, your experiences are obviously a little limited because you're not a third year in the rotation. And there are third years rotating to the hospital all the time. It's tough to jump in on those services. That being said, the experiences you get in the first two years include sort of doing three H&Ps. So those are history and physicals where you'll go in, um, you'll interview a patient, you'll do a physical exam on that patient, then you'll write up the whole note. Um, we do those as part of our assessment in like learning those clinical skills. We also have four elective opportunities. So our school schedule, this kind of jumps back. I don't know how you guys are organize this, but 
our school schedule is in blocks of six weeks. And between each block, we have a week off and we go year round. So we don't have a summer off in the first two years. We have just the full year, but every six weeks we get a week off. Four out of those, you know, 12, 13 weeks um, in the first two years have to be taken up with electives. So you'll be, you get to select what you want to do and you're placed on a service for a week. That could be surgery, that could be a specialty, that could be academic medicine, um, or it could be some volunteer opportunity or um, online courses, you know, it depends what you kind of want to do. But that's a really good opportunity to sort of investigate what kind of specialty you want to go into, especially the ones mm -hmm. that you have almost no exposure to, because you also have a better idea of what the day-to-day -day looks like in those. So yeah. those are the big sort of heavy hitting clinical opportunities. And then there are opportunities for you to individually reach out to doctors, but the general position of the school is that shadowing outside of those electives is discouraged. That doesn't mean people don't do it, but the school is not going to facilitate those connections with the doctors. Exactly. It's more so like yeah. you do it if you want to reach out, you know, you do your thing. And I know you're talking about how uh, things are going to be changing. So that is a curriculum that you were going through. But now right. that things are changing, what would you like to see in those changes from the curriculum that you've experienced? I thought taking step before third year was really helpful. And if it's going to pass fail, I think there are already talks to be shifting that back to the sort of the classic position that other medical schools have. Um, but, you know, there's there's some nuances to the format of lectures that are really kind of too detailed to get into on this podcast because they're kind of specific um, to my experience. Generally, our faculty has been very receptive to feedback um, in terms of changing the format or styling or communication. You know, when there is an issue with the student body, we have a pretty active student council as well. Um, and for most things, there are exceptions that I won't go into here, but for most things, they are very receptive to what the students have to say. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, that's amazing because you don't ever want to be locked in a box where you can't make changes. Right. Um, As an addendum, just to that statement, yeah. too, I think a lot of medical students have headaches with their medical school, no matter where you go. Yeah, 100%. I would imagine you guys at UC Irvine have experienced that with scheduling and communication and all that, right? Yeah, there's always going to um, be something, you know? Right. I would say that the headaches that I've experienced here are not unique to WMed. They're more just an element of being a medical student in a, in a very fast-changing system with a lot of moving parts. Mm. Um, and there are issues that I've also heard have happened to you know medical students at other schools. So yes, there are headaches with being a medical student. No, they're not worse at WMed than anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, there's always gonna be something <laughs> that happens to all of us at one point or another. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> or else it's not medical school, because in residency and further on, you're always gonna have headaches also. So it's great to yeah. experience them now anyways. Um, <laughs> so as far as WMed and uh, things you do outside um, of just the school curriculum, what do you do in terms of like extracurriculars or what do your friends do that uh, might be more unique to just WMed? Right. So one thing that we do, th this is leading in other stuff, but the first basically like two months of starting at the school is basically sports camp because you have, you know, this little, you know, team building, 
You learn how to be a medical first responder, which is something that WMED does that I don't think a lot of other schools do. Mm -hmm. We have like a month of just emergency, basic emergency care that you jump right into. And that's pretty physical. Like you start, you, you train with the emergency medicine residents, you do some wilderness medicine stuff. Um, and they have like a whole skills day, which is pretty fun too. So everybody but has to do yeah. this. Yeah. Yep. Every, even oh, if you wow. were like an EMT, they make you do it again. Oh, wow. But yeah, it, it's really there, I think, as a way to uh, kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. You learn some basic medical skills, like how to do CPR the right way, um, how to apply tourniquets and stuff like that, um, and how to basically, you know, keep somebody alive until the ambulance gets there. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Really that's really cool. Does. Um, and a lot of that's also team building. You're assigned to squads. You're with that squad for the whole first month. And then those are really just the mornings. After those are over, you know, you have the upperclassmen usually scheduling some welcome, you know, events like Frisbee, volleyball, basketball, stuff like that. That's going on like every day. Um, but that's, again, just the first two months. It's our way of welcoming new students in. That sounds but it fun, really felt like, uh, summer camp. Um, so the first two months happens. You guys are like, what are you guys doing outside of school? <laughs> There's a lot of interest groups, student interest groups, obviously, um, pertain to, you know, sports. It could be more specialty specific where it's building connections. It could be talks about leadership, whatever you're interested in. Um, and, you know, there are a million student interest groups because everybody has different interests and they're really easy to make. So, you know, I created a couple, but there's a rock climbing gym in the town. We a lot of us rock climb um, and we've done trips together, stuff like that. Um, I, you know, do a considerable amount of research cause that's what I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, I mean, extracurriculars wise, your time becomes more limited as medical school goes on. Um, but I would say the interest groups and sort of any other opportunities that you feel like you want to see, as long as you sort of make the effort to go see them or try to get the ball rolling, contacting people, they're, they're available. So that's really what I have to say about the extracurriculars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you spoke a, like a little bit about, you know, going out for rock climbing and stuff like that. Um, I guess just like, how's life in Kalamazoo in general? Like when you, when you, out, when you go out with your friends, like go, go do stuff for fun. Like what do you, what do y'all do? It's big enough to be entertained, small enough to not be distracted. I mean, Kalamazoo, if you guys have ever heard of like Bell's Brewery, you know, they ship beer all over the, really the world at this point. There's a really big beer scene in Kalamazoo in terms of home brewing stuff and craft brewing here. Um, there are a few, you know, kind of nightclubs, but not something that you'd really <laughs> see in like a, in like a larger college town. Um, we're close to the undergrad campus, but still sort of separate, mm -hmm. like a couple miles away. So we don't actually see many of the undergrads um, around WMED. But I mean, there's definitely fun. There's a lot of nature trails. Um, Chicago's like an hour away. So people will do weekend trips uh -huh. out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kalamazoo's got a pretty, pretty good, solid, small business acumen, some decent restaurants. Um, and mostly it's just kind of, if you're trying to just hang out with people, there's really good beer deals for medical students who are in, uh, mountains of debt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How close are you guys to the lake? Uh, to Lake Michigan? Yeah. Our. So South Haven okay. is usually where we'll drive for that. You know, it's 45 minutes to an hour away by car. Okay. There's also a bike trail that connects Kalamazoo and South Haven. That's about 40 miles long. Um, so some people ride that. I'm not too familiar with the Michigan geography. Like how far is Ann Arbor from y'all? So Kalamazoo is on like the west side of the state in the lower peninsula, sort of close to the border of Indiana and Illinois. Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, 
Further west of that, about an hour, is South Haven, which is a pretty small town. I mean, it's just kind of a beach lake town right on Lake Michigan. Um, and then Ann Arbor is sort of about an hour and a half to the east, closer to the mm. east side of Michigan. And that's about an hour away from Detroit, which is also on the east side of Michigan. All this is close to the southern border of the state as well. Um, you know, there are trips up north with really beautiful nature and forests and national parks and stuff like that. And then you can even go further north to the UP where you're basically in Canada. <laughs> it's, it's like you're essentially in Canada at that point, you know, honestly, you're really close enough. Right. I mean, the, it, the UP doesn't have a lot of large towns. Um, it's mostly sort of rural area and undeveloped land. So if you're looking to camp, you know, it's like a four or five hour drive up there, but it's a really beautiful place to go if you're looking for some of that, some of that getaway during those green weeks. <laughs> um cool i think i think that's like mostly all we had to cover on base do you have any other questions or oh i do want to ask about the weather specifically because, <laughs> yeah. because i'm a california it's kid important. and that was huge for me in terms of picking a school because i don't know how i'd do outside of california right so no matter where which medical school you go to i guarantee you the second most uh represented state is going to be California because you guys have way too many medical students and not enough medical schools. Sorry. That's <laughs> so true. It's um, too true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I've heard the struggle from a lot of my classmates. Um, so it's just crazy. I, I, it, it, anyway, the weather here, we have really nice summers. And we have really brutal winters, um, especially being next to the lake. That lake effect snow really can be pretty, pretty brutal, especially for somebody who's never lived in snow before. Um, it's doable, you know, Kalamazoo's plowed, so you can still drive. Um, you just have to learn how to navigate the snow a little bit. But parking away from the school is no more than like a two or three minute walk. Um, same for the hospitals. So if you don't want to be outside in the wintertime, you don't have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, the weather in all other seasons of the year besides really winter and maybe a little bit of spring is pretty pleasant. It's really not too bad. And the autumn is always great here because, you know, the changing leaves is beautiful in Michigan because we have a lot of greenery. Yeah. That, um, for me, like I when I when I was on the interview trail, I went I went to Michigan to interview for uh, for a school and I'm originally exactly. from the East Coast. And um, I just got reminded by like how beautiful it is because just it's so green. It's like really nice. Like that's just something that I really missed, honestly, compared to California, because it's just like it's just too dry over here, man. It's just not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> My friends who have moved from Michigan to Cali have told me they really miss, like, one of the things they miss most about Michigan is just how green it is. Green, it's beautiful, man. It's just like, there's just a good vibe about it. Uh, that's the thing I, I appreciate. Um, but yeah, do you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess just to like close this off, like, do you, do you have any like last minute advice or last things to say to like people who are applying to WMED? Yeah, um, I got a couple of things that my dean has sort of wanted me to talk about a little bit about COVID specific changes to the application. But before I get into that, for WMED specifically, I think what they look for the most is a sense of collaboration. So if you're in the interview trail and you're trying to like butt people out to talk to faculty and like make a good impression, um, that's not really going to look good on you. They're looking for people that aren't so much really qualified because I know that in the past their MCAT has been pretty high and that can be intimidating for people to apply to. More so they're looking for people that work well with the community. And if they think you're a good fit, you know, you're talking to people around you, the students around you seem to get along with you, that looks really, really good um, on you applying here. So if you can sort of come off as a collaborative individual um, with a, with a desire to sort of be quote hungry for new opportunities because that's what the school is we're new we're trying to sort of make a name for ourselves 
if you can sort of somehow reflect those qualities in your interview or in your application, I think that would reflect well on you to apply here. Some of the COVID specific changes for the cycle. So first is that we had a minimum MCAT for the, the secondary. It was a minimum of 497. That is no longer required for the secondary, but it is required to get that phone interview. So I think that's mostly for people who are retaking um, if their scores are not in yet. There was an additional question added to the secondary regarding COVID's impact on your personal, educational, and professional life. So they're taking into consideration changes that may have happened due to the global pandemic. All of the virtual interviews are going to be on Zoom beginning this October. So you won't get a chance to be here, but I'm sure that we're going to, you still get an opportunity to talk to students and all that. Um, last tip I have about the interview day, the students, not all the students that you're gonna meet directly report back to the admissions team. There's a couple that do, but you're not gonna know who they are. But if they see something concerning, <laughs> they are encouraged to speak up. <laughs> So take that information as you will. Um, and the structured interview that would normally have been a one-on-one -on -one is being replaced by a double AMC Vita, I don't know exactly what that means, but a Vita video interview. I'm assuming that's some kind of standardized format that medical schools are using to um, standardize this process, given that nobody's gonna be able to see the facility. I'm also sure that we're going to have a school type of release to tour the facility sort of virtually. Um, but yeah, if you guys have questions, you pre-meds listening to this have questions about the uh, program, email Jean Shelton. She's our Dean of Admissions. Um, I think actually our Assistant Dean of Admissions, but she really runs the admissions show um, from our perspective as students. And she's been, she was very helpful to me on my interview trail here and she is here to answer the questions that you guys might have about the application. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for coming on today and you know taking time out of your busy schedule, Harrison. Really appreciate it. And um, hopefully this helps everybody out who's applying to, to, to WMED. Yeah, I like what you guys are doing here. Um, I think it's a really good way for students to learn more about schools they either might not have heard of or want to hear more about. So yeah, if you guys have any other follow-ups you want from me, feel free to shoot me an email. I can type stuff out. You can put it in the show notes or whatever. Um, and if there's any sort of collaboration you guys want to do in the future with WMED, feel free to shoot me an email. I can direct you to the people that you guys need to talk to. Wow. Thank you so much, Harrison. Yep. Take care, guys. Thank you, Harrison, for coming on today. If you'd like to learn more about WMED, you can visit the school's website or email Harrison or Gene directly. Their emails are in the description. We're always looking for more schools to interview, so please feel free to email us specific suggestions. If you have any questions about the school we covered today or about anything in general, email us and we'll try to get to as many as we can. You can email us at oncallmedstudent at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all again next time. The views expressed herein are the personal opinions of the participants in this program only. They do not represent the opinions or policies of this medical school and should not be construed in any way as being representative of this medical school.